discovered the deeper you go with God. So if you want to go deeper this morning, why don't you come and stand in the river? I mean, yeah, it's carpet, but it symbolizes a river. <laughs> come and stand in the river because God has more for every one of us. He has more for each one of us. So, Father, we are standing in the river of your love. We are standing in the river of your presence. Whether we can get on the carpet or not, we're standing in the river of your presence. And we know that that river flows right from the very heart of God. And we know from the, the prophetic word, the prophetic picture, that that river gets deeper and deeper and deeper. And that river brings life wherever it flows. It's a river that turns swamps into rivers. It turns... Uh, it turns the, the, the salty into fresh. Deeper. You bring life wherever you go. And there are many fish as the river goes deeper. And so we want to go deeper in you, that there would be more fruit in each of our lives, that you would wash away every impurity and every contamination in our hearts, that you would bring us into the freshness and the fullness of your presence and your spirit. And we say yes to the fruitfulness that comes. We say yes to there being many, many fish that thrive in the freshness of your presence in us. There are many, many more fish to come into the freshness of your presence in your people. So as we stand here in your river, we claim and we accept and we receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit not just for ourselves, but for one another, that there would be great fruit from that, that there would be freshness and renewing and refreshing and, uh, and more and more fish flourishing in your presence. There's a slight pain in it, but fi finding God in the pain, finding God in the, in the, in the hardship is, 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 is beautiful. There's beauty in it. And when you come out on the other side, you're, you're, you're more wider. There's a wideness. Mm, there's a wideness happening. Yeah. An opening happening to where we can have more of that flowing river. We're not just a little, a little river, but we're going to be a bigger river. So, Lord, open our hearts to, to new things, to people we might not have opened our hearts to. I pray for this next generation. out from every child of God. He will restore your heart. 
He will restore you from all your bondage, from all your hurts. Expect, expect to see his goodness. And don't be afraid. He is with us all. Thank you, Lord Jesus. As you were talking about the river, I was looking down, and I'm seeing this as an ocean. It's as big as the ocean. And the fish in it are huge. They're enormous. All around us, there's these huge fish for the, for the catching. God's already positioned them in places that we can catch them. They're going to be the mighty men and women of God that we are allowed to catch. <laughs> Did you ever see yourself as the catcher of huge fish? <laughs> important, important fish in the yes. kingdom of God. Yep, yep. Okay? Good. The more people that are born, the more people have hope. And Lord, we want to uh, agree with what you were showing, Ira, that this is for this generation, the next generation. And uh, could you just put your hand on somebody younger than you? Uh, <laughs> well, okay, yeah. Uh, because I, I want to, I want to um, just, just, just tune your hearts in, please. Just please, let's just please hush. Hush, please. Holy Spirit, we agree with what you're doing in this generation this new generation, this young generation, we call it forth. Yes. We call it forth. Yes. We, we speak to the river that's flowing from the throne and we say that this river will go deeper in this new generation than it's gone in our own. As we touch and lay our hands on someone younger than us, we say it will be deeper for you than it is for me. Because God wants to deepen his river. And we speak to the, to the life that you each carry. And we bless the power of the Holy Spirit in that life. That you are fresh with the life of God. You are fresh with the life of God. And we prophesy to each of you that you will flow in the flow of the Father, in the flow of the Spirit, in the flow of the Son. You will flow into places that have been dead and you will bring life. You will flow into places that have lost hope and you will bring hope. You will flow into places that have become contaminated and you will bring cleansing and purity and life. And we prophesy to the banks that God will put around that flow because a river has banks. 
And God is placing limits in your life, not to restrict you, but to cause you to flow more powerfully. And we bless the limits that God has placed on your lives. And we bless the power of the flow of the river that will come from those limits. And we say that on the banks will grow trees with all kinds of fruit for food and the leaves that don't wither and that they'll bear fresh fruit every month and that the leaves of the trees will be for the healing of the nations all because of the flow of the river of God through this generation through this new generation we bless that flow in each one of you that you will be deeper and more powerful and stronger than any of us. That there's a deepening of God's flow in you and through you. And we bless the fruitfulness that it will bring. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yes. Wow. Thank you all. Thank you all. Don't be in a hurry to move on from what God is doing in your heart right now. Just take time to let it really settle. Take time to let it go deep. Take time to let it go deep. Because God is in our midst doing what he's designed us to be. Hallelujah. As you're ready, the youngest ones, the younger ones, are going to go with Miss Jan, who I've just lost. There she is. <laughs> going to go with Miss Jan and have some good time together in the little room out the back here. Okay? No big people allowed. No, the big, the big people are stuck with me and the little people are going to have all the fun. But thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're moving amidst all of us. All of us. Every one of us. And you're not done. You've got more. You've got more. Wow. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I want to honor every one of you for the sensitivity you have to what God is saying. I believe it's vital for what God wants to do in you and among all of us, not just as we gather together like this, but in the days ahead as well. So I honor that sensitivity and I bless it to increase and to grow. Bless the sensitivity God has in each of your hearts to to hear his voice and to say yes. And I feel like I want to just move right on into uh, what I'm going to talk about this morning. I I just feel like that's where God is on all of this. So if you've got a Bible with you on your phone or a physical Bible, just pull open Nehemiah chapter 2 with me because this whole summer season is all around building and gathering and participating in what God is doing. And so I really feel like what we're looking at this morning is, is, is important in this whole flow. So 
I think it was two Sundays ago we kind of started into Nehemiah in our season of building and gathering and we saw how Nehemiah returned to God's promises when he was surrounded, when he got news, if you like, about the, the trouble in Jerusalem, the turmoil in God's city. They were in exile and he heard how terrible things were back where they really belonged. And it was a time of great distress, it was a time of great need, it was a time of great ungodliness, not unlike today. And that's why we're looking at Nehemiah together, because there's things for you and I to learn for what God is doing in us today. Because Nehemiah was a huge part of God's answer to the turmoil. And I want you to hear this, you are part of God's answer. Yes, Mark. <laughs> you are. You. Especially if your heart goes, oh no, not me. Maybe the person I'm sitting next to, but not me. No, you. You who's saying no in your heart, it's you. <laughs> because every one of us has a part to play. And we're going to see as we unpack this over the, this week and coming weeks, how Nehemiah is called by God to transform distress into this city where, where God's people can gather safely. Anyone who loves God can come and experience God's presence. They're going to prepare for Jesus to come because the city that Nehemiah helps to, to fortify and rebuild is the city to which Jesus comes. Uh, it's the second temple and the, and the rebuilt Jerusalem that Jesus comes to. And it's, it's almost like it's a prefiguring of what God wants to do in our day rebuilding somewhere safe it's called the body of christ now it's not a it's not a geographical place it's a spiritual dynamic and it's a it's a place that we experience together it's a family and we are called to transform in a season where 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 the where the culture has sidelined god and where our world has turned away from God, we are called as a family to transform in the same way as Nehemiah was called to transform. Those of you who were around last weekend, uh, we welcomed Justin and Kelly and Amelia from uh, Catch the Fire Raleigh Durham. And they brought this wonderful impartation for us to be um, a fun-loving family that transforms our city. It was amazing. It was beautiful. Make sure you listen again to what they shared in the meeting last week if you weren't here or if you haven't listened to it yet. It's all on the website and you can always listen back. In fact, I want to encourage, I guess I'm preaching to the choir here, but I want to encourage all of you to stay engaged uh, in the flow of what God's doing as we're meeting together each week. Uh, if you miss out on something, catch up through the website or whatever uh, by listening again because uh, I really feel like this season is, is a significant season for us as a church family. And I don't want any of us to look back, you know, in a few months' time and say, oh gosh, I wish I'd been more engaged when that started. <laughs> okay, I don't want that to sound like pressure. I just don't want anybody to miss out. So, you know, show up for our times together, listen again during the week, because we are a family that's called to transform our city. Not alone, we're part of a bigger picture but we're going to play our part in that. And that adventure is really just beginning. A couple of snippets from last weekend that stood out to me, uh, for those of you who weren't able to join us, maybe on Friday night or whatever. But there's a significance to our physical location here in this building. 
Um, God provided this building miraculously. I'll come back to that in a minute. But he's got a plan for us meeting here together. Now, the building itself is nothing special. There's nothing holy about a building. It's the people who meet here. But God has given us this building that suits us so well and fits with what he wants to do in us and through us. Justin spoke about the significance of our address last weekend, didn't he? He said that 220 is our address here, 220 Ronnie Court. And that led Justin to Proverbs 220. And it says this, So you will walk in the way of the good. Does that sound like fun? You will walk in the way of the good. I'm looking forward to that. I believe we're doing it already. And keep to the paths of the righteous, for the upright will inhabit the land, and those with integrity will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land, and the treacherous will be rooted out of it. All of that is done by God. Our part is to dwell and to inhabit and to grow and to be full of integrity uh, and, to, um, uh, and to inhabit the land by being upright, lined up with God. But also, Justin pointed out last weekend, the alignment of body, soul, and spirit that's in this building. Do you notice when you come in, there's a chiropractor and a counseling service and a church, us. <laughs> there's a body the soul and the spirit all lined up in one building. And I think that, you know, it's a cute little joke, but actually there's something very significant about that. Because God wants us to be whole in our bodies, our souls, and our spirits. And you can't fulfill what God has for you in the spirit if your soul's all tangled up with, oh, I wish this hadn't happened, or I feel so hurt by that, or so-and-so hates me, or any of that stuff. We've got to be able to deal with that. And in the same way, if my body's not functioning the way God designed it to, I'm hindered from fulfilling the destiny that God has for me. God wants to operate on all those levels. He created you in his image, and he is committed to cleansing and healing and restoring his image in you and in me. Well, that wasn't in my notes, but then my hallelujah. <laughs> it's part of our calling to be a place of equipping, a place of healing, a safe family, a church family, not just a, a, a biological family, but a safe church family, the family of God where we can embrace the challenge. It is a challenge, let me be honest with you. What God has set us to do is a challenge because we are pioneering something. What we're doing is we're, we're holding in, in tension. We're embracing the challenge of pulling two things together. We're committed totally to seeing each individual person become fully the unique person God designed them to be. So we are committed to you being exactly who God meant you to be and growing into that. So we don't want you to look like anybody else. But at the same time, we don't want you to go off on your own and establish, you know, my big name ministry and go off and do your own thing because I don't think that really represents the kingdom. Jesus died to leave behind a body and not disembodied limbs and bits and pieces. And so along with the challenge of helping each person become exactly and uniquely and fully who they were designed to be, we also embrace the challenge of integrating that uniqueness into a church family for the benefit of everybody. So those two things might appear to be pulling in different directions, but we embrace the challenge of that so that we navigate through that into all that God wants us to be. So we're called to build and to gather 
The build is you becoming who God made you to be, and the gather is us somehow mushing all of that together in the power of the Holy Spirit to become the church family that God designed us to be. Because until we do that, we can't give it away, can we? So we know that God has called us to transform. God has been moving among us, even as we've been worshiping this morning, showing us that there's more. And calling us tomorrow, and, and I, I, I look around the room as we're worshiping, and I see your hearts going, yes, God, there's more, and I want more, and I'm here for you, and, and, I, and I'm receiving what you want to give me. And you picked a good time to be part of the adventure, to be honest. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Let's go somewhere together. So Nehemiah chapter 2, kind of chased a squirrel there, but we'll come on back to Nehemiah chapter 2. So we said that Nehemiah came back to God's promise when he was given the troubling news from Jerusalem. He came back to what God had promised in his word. That's what we learned two weeks ago. And for sure, there's a lot of trouble in our world today. There's some good news, but there's a lot of trouble as well. But God has made promises, and you and I get to be part of fulfilling those promises, just like Nehemiah was. So let me ask you this. This is going to be a little bit interactive this morning, so grab a piece of paper. (laughs) You may want to jot some things down. What promises has God given you that mean something special to you? What are some of the promises? They might be personal to you, or they might be corporate promises to the body of Christ. But what are some of the things that come back to you again and again that you find yourself repeating as promises from God? Whatever you face, what are some of those promises? Jot down just maybe a word or two that helps you remember. Yeah. God has promised, I'm with you always. Or God's promised, I have a purpose for you. God's promised, I will join you into my family, that you would be fruitful. Or God's promised that you'll be planted by streams of living water and you'll bear fruit in season. Whatever the promises are that you find yourself coming back to, let's return to those promises, the ones that we repeat to ourselves frequently. Jot them down because we're going to use them in a moment as I go on and unpack a little bit more of Nehemiah 2. The first thing I want us to catch is that within those promises, there is a calling. So when God promises, he's like, come on, (laughs) step into this. There's a calling to step into the promise that God reveals to us. So when God shows you a promise, he's then like, hey, come with me into this. There's a calling into the promise that God has shown you. That's what we see from Nehemiah. Nehemiah's called, when he goes back to God's promises, there's a calling there to stand up and to go to the king to use his position of influence to make a difference in the need that he's heard about. Now, that may not be the calling that's for you in the promise, but there are callings in every promise for you and I to receive. So Nehemiah went to the king, and he was brave enough to break through the cultural expectation. In the culture where Nehemiah was serving, it was forbidden to be sad in the presence of the king. Everybody had to pretend to be happy. A little bit like some of our churches today. How are you? I'm fine. You weren't allowed to be honest with the king. But Nehemiah had courage. He could have had his head chopped off. But he had courage to let the king see that he was sad about something. 
he was brave and he broke the cultural expectation. And he spoke out humbly, but he wanted to make a difference. This was Nehemiah's calling in that season in chapter 2 here. He spoke up because he knew that by speaking up, he could make a difference. The relevance to me in this week is the many, many believers over the last, whatever it is, almost 50 years, isn't it, who've spoken out and said, abortion is wrong. For many years, people have said, no, this is not right. This is not a right, and it's not right. And particularly, I'm thinking of folks like Jeannie Smith, Jeannie and Carter up at the uh, centre in Conway, but they are our local example, but there are literally hundreds, if not thousands, of Christians across our nation who've done the same sorts of things. They've said, not only is abortion wrong, but anybody with an unplanned or an unwelcome pregnancy should be supported and helped yes. Yes. and brought to healing if they've had an abortion as well. Because all of those things are wrong and they defile the image of God in so many families and in so many women. And so this week's Supreme Court ruling fulfills a promise. And it vindicates the callings of those who've stood for this. But it's not an end, it's a beginning. This isn't the end of the battle, it's the beginning of the battle for us who name the name of Jesus to demonstrate now that we care. There's a fresh calling in this ruling for us to be able to step up, to, to bring uh, God's love into dark situations and into difficult situations so that we can bring light into the darkness. We want to refuse the agenda of the darkness. You notice how the media are, are just bringing out all kinds of tripe. I had to fish for a acceptable word to use on Sunday in, in church but about what this really means the truth is there are many lives going to be saved but the truth also is there are many lives who are going to face increased difficulty because of this and we as believers have the opportunity to stand alongside these folks mostly women but often there are men involved in that whole dynamic as well to stand alongside and to bring light and to bring hope which has always been our calling so this is not an end of a battle, it's the beginning of a new one. It's a new opportunity. And we don't want to have judgmental victory cries, we want to have the humble speaking of truth in love. God's image is borne by every baby in the womb and by every person who denies that truth. That hit me as I was reading the headlines this week. God's image is in both. Yeah, we've saved the babies, but now we've got to reach out to the ones who would deny that a baby carries God's image because they carry God's image too. They don't realize it, but they do. And somehow we've got to find ways. May God help us to follow his, his calling in all of that. That's just one thing. <laughs> in a world full of strife and turmoil, there are so many opportunities. The kingdom comes when we listen for the calling within the promise. We have to discipline ourselves to do that. Because if you just listen to CNN or Fox, you'll get a whole twisted picture. <laughs> and the enemy will be whispering through all of that to lead us astray. But God's word stands and God's spirit speaks.
to God's children. So I'm inviting every one of us to ask God, what is He calling you to in this season? We know that as a church family, it's our season to build and to gather. It's a season to step forward into increased visibility, also increased significance, but most importantly, increased impact on the Grand Strand. You know, for, for Jane and me, our calling is to lead this church family. We know that, and that's what we try to live out in the way we lead. Uh, those who lead among us here in the church family, we're all at this time considering, God, what are you calling me to step up to so that we each carry the bat on for an area of our church family life as we run the next lap so that we broaden our leadership and different ones of us say, I'm going to carry this for this season and I'm going to draw others alongside of me, uh, whatever it may be. It may be uh, you know, the ladies' group on a Wednesday, or it may be worship team, it may be the building maintenance, it may be uh, drawing in new folks and carrying out uh, the love of God to the streets. There's all kinds of aspects, and I've only hit on a few. Uh, if your area of, of calling and passion I, I didn't mention, it's still there. God gave it to you, and we want it to be fully expressed. Does that make sense? So God has promised us a place to belong in his family. How is God inviting you into more in that realm? Maybe your calling within that promise to be part of a family is to be part of this family. All of you are, <laughs> except if you're visiting. <laughs> but maybe God wants to deepen that in this season. God's promised healing for our bodies and our souls. Maybe Part of God's calling uh, is to grow that journey of healing for you so that you can help others find healing too. Jane and I are both receiving more right now in this season that is literally changing us from the inside out, and we're happy to share it uh, in the way that we lead and in the way that we encourage you and encourage you to do the same. In case you hadn't noticed, your leaders are not perfect. That's a relief, isn't it? And absolutely. And in case you hadn't noticed, the people your leaders are leading are not perfect either. And you're in safe company because we understand. It's a scandal. It's a scandal, yes, exactly. <laughs> Terrible. Gosh. <gasps> that leads me to my grandmother who had this wonderful way of expressing disapproval. She would go... So anytime you see an imperfection in Jane or me, you can go, <laughs> and we will lay hands on you. <laughs> None of that was in my notes either, but hallelujah. God has promised that anybody who loves him is going to be his witness to the very ends of the earth. Shining light wherever you go. Maybe your calling within that promise is to see where your light is shining. Yeah, there's somebody in your circle that God wants you to invite to be part of what he's up to. Some of you do that all the time anyway. I'm not, please don't hear me correcting anything. I'm, I'm cultivating, not correcting this morning. But keep doing it. Because this family can grow. This family will grow. And we're part of it.
So what I want you to catch is within every promise, there's a calling. And as you reflect on the promises that keep coming to you, there's a calling for you in that promise or in those promises. So what's the calling within your promises? Take a second now, look at what you wrote down before. Say, okay, God, what, what calling are you highlighting for me? Maybe not for the rest of my life, but for this next lap <laughs> of the race, however long that is. It might be a day, it might be a week, it might be six months. What calling are you highlighting for me, Father? Just let him speak to you right now and jot that down as well because we're going to do something with this at the end. So that's the first thing I want us to understand from Nehemiah chapter 2. Within each promise, there's a calling. The second thing I want you to see is that when we step into God's calling, we find favor. So when we say yes, like Nehemiah said yes, when we have the courage to step into something God's calling us into, we find favor. Nehemiah took a bold step, didn't he? He was sad in front of the king, and he told the king why. And he found favor. And the king gave him everything he needed, and he gave him permission to go off and make a difference. It was huge. <laughs> but every one of us receives favor. And Nehemiah tells us why. In verse 8, he says, And the king granted me what I asked, for the good hand of my God was upon me. How many of us have felt the good hand of God upon us, even this morning as we worshiped? Uh, certainly through our lives, right? The good hand of God is upon you. And with it goes favor. As you step out into what he's calling you to. You know, I said I'd come back to the story of this building. God told me to reach out to a realtor we know when we were looking for a building. Some of you have been around long enough to remember we tried multiple buildings. And every time it was like, oh yeah, great, here's the one. And then bam, we hit a brick wall. And God spoke to Jane and she felt very strongly that each of those failed attempts was like a contraction in the birthing process and it was time for the baby to be born. Yes. We were never disappointed. No, it was always, oh great, okay, there's got to be something better. <laughs> you know, it wasn't like frustration building, it was anticipation building. But as a leadership team at the time, we all of us in unity reached up into heaven and said, God, we call upon heaven to give birth to the building you have for us. Just as simple as that. And we found favor with the realtor I'd written to just the day before, or emailed the, uh, a day before. That very next morning, he called me, and he said that, that we might be interested in this building, which was not even listed yet. But it was available. That was 9 o'clock. 11 o'clock, we're looking at it. 2 o'clock, we sign a letter of intent. And by the next day, it's ours. I feel a tiny bit guilty, just a teeny, teeny bit guilty about the Brazilian congregation that were in here before us because we actually made them move out about three weeks earlier than they planned to uh, just because we wanted to be in before the end of the year. But they were fine about it, and we're, we have a good relationship with them now. We actually help them with some things uh, of uh, admin stuff. Uh, from time to time. So they moved down to the old beach worship center down on um, Dick Pond Road by the Swing Bridge, which is bigger, and that suits them very well. So we found favor, and we're still, we found favor with the owner, especially. Yeah. You know, other people could have had this place, but no, we found favor with the owner, which we still have. 
um, which is beautiful and it's growing. And we have all kinds of, <laughs> I'll need to edit this out of the recording, but we were invited to the owner's daughter's high school graduation party. And we went and had a wonderful time just being light in that community, <laughs> um, which, is, which is wonderful. God has favor for us in the calling. God has a purpose. We are called to transform, and God is giving us favor as we step into our calling. Our calling as a church is to pioneer, like I said, a very different way to, to be the church with love and destiny and with healing and equipping so that we can be a family where each person becomes all that they were meant to be. I don't know of any other church in this region that's fully doing that, and I know we're not fully doing it yet either, but we're committed to stepping into that place. Not as a criticism of anybody else, but just so we fulfill our place in the body of Christ. So, uh, jump down to verse 17 and 18. He surveyed all the task ahead, which is pretty daunting, but then Nehemiah gathers all the people. Verse 17, then I said to them, you see the trouble we're in, how Jerusalem lies in ruins with its gates burned. Come, let us build the wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer suffer derision. As you look around at our world and you see the trouble we're in, be the kind of person who says, come, Let's build something that will make a difference. Come, let's build something that will cause others to be able to find a safe place, to be gathered together to experience God, to encounter God, to, and to covenant with God. That's what's going to happen later on in the book. And I told them, verse 18, I told them of the hand of my God that had been upon me for good. Remember verse 8? <laughs> I had favor because the hand of my God was upon me. I told them, of the hand of my God that had been upon me for good, and also of the words the king had spoken to me. And they said, let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for the good work. See, Nehemiah had favor in all directions. He had favor with the people who were over him. He had favor with the people he was leading. He had favor in all directions. And favor is contagious. So I want to encourage you, celebrate with us the favor that's on our church family. Celebrate the favor of God that's on your life and on the lives of your friends and those that you're in relationship with. And rise up and build together in, a sp in the spirit something that's bigger than what we've been given in the physical. You know, our church family is not going to be constrained by these walls. But our church family is going to grow. We have had multiple prophetic words about buildings with an S on the end, plural. <laughs> we don't have a plan for where that goes, but we know what God said. We have a promise, we have a calling, and as we step into that calling, we know we will have favor. It's not about buildings, it's about people being transformed. And His hand is upon every one of us to be part of that process. What God has brought you through in the past is for the benefit of what he's brought you to in the present. As I scan around the room, every one of you has history. Some of it's joyful history, some of it's painful history. I put both hands up for both of those. But what God has brought you through is for the purpose of what God has brought you to. 
He wants to redeem everything that you've gone through, draw from it, cultivate it, bless it, make it fruitful, so that our church family in the future will be greater than it would ever be. So, just for two seconds here, ask God to show you on your paper, where do you need favor to fulfill his calling? Nehemiah needed armed guards and supplies to build cities and permission to go. And he got all of it and some. <laughs> what do you need to fulfill calling? Because God's going to give it to you. We're going to ask him for favor. So jot it down. Give you a second to do that. I know some of you don't have a pencil and paper. You're jotting it down in your brain. That's okay. In a moment, you're going to have to be creative because I'm going to ask us to hold up our piece of paper towards heaven. So if you've been jotting this down in your brain, don't try and hold your brain up to heaven, but maybe hold a hand up to heaven. So if you've been writing stuff down, just take your paper or your phone that you've been writing it on. Let's just hold it up to heaven because I want to pray for favor. Father, you've promised favor on all of us as we step into our calling. And we're stepping into our calling again in a fresh way today. And so I ask you for favor. May the good hand of our God be upon us to fulfill all of the promises and the callings within those promises by giving us the favor we need to step into this. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. One more thing and then we'll wrap it up and pray for one another. <laughs> you are called. We said that, didn't we? There's calling in the promise. Secondly, you can expect favor because God wants to give favor as we step into the calling. But thirdly, you may have noticed it in verse 19 when we looked at 17 and 18, <laughs> you're going to have opposition. There's trouble ahead. See, when the enemies of God heard that something was happening, they didn't like it. They got wind of the fact that there's this building coming to make a safe place for people to gather, to make a safe place for people to meet with God. And that doesn't suit the enemy's purpose. They prefer the wall to be broken down. They prefer the people to be insecure. They want to be able to threaten. They want to be able to distract. They want to be able to hinder. They want to be able to prevent what God is doing. And so they come and attack. And they don't come and attack with armies. They come and attack with words. Here is an enemy strategy fully revealed. It's the words that are the problem, at least in the early days. <laughs> it's the words. Now. Absolutely. Just as the powers of darkness are unleashing all kinds of false narratives around the Roe v. Wade decision and all kinds of other things in our world today, we have to learn to not be swayed by the words from the darkness. We have to choose in our hearts not to be swayed by the words in the darkness because we live in the light. The enemies jeered, the enemies despised, the enemies made false accusations. And that's exactly 
where the enemy still resists God's kingdom today. He belittles, he falsely accuses, he despises, he rejects. But God gives us the courage to reject those attacks. Verse 20, Nehemiah says, I replied to them, the God of heaven will make us prosper and we his servants will arise and build, but you have no portion or right or claim in Jerusalem. Simple as that. He didn't try to shout them down. He just told them the truth. I suspect he didn't even raise his voice. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> God's going to do this. We're with him. We will arise and we'll do our part in what God is doing. And you have no part in it. I looked up that word prosper. The God of heaven will make us prosper in the uh, ESV. That word is used for when the Holy Spirit pours on someone in power or pours out of someone in power. It means to rush in or to break forth or to come mightily. Prosper in that verse means to be victorious and to succeed. It's a very expansive word, you know, like a tsunami wave of God's presence. Holy Spirit will powerfully increase us into victory, is what Nehemiah is saying. Now, it's not our own strength. <laughs> it's not our own effort, but it's God's promise. So courage looks like two things. And this is what we'll finish up with. Number one, it's keeping God's promises and God's power central in our lives. Keep it central. God will prosper us. God is prospering us. God is flowing, like we stood in the river this morning. God is flowing in a way that will cause us to expand victoriously and overflow with victory. And then number two, we have to keep a clear boundary between uh, what is God and what is not. Who's committed to God's purpose and who is not. We will rise and build and you have no share in this. Simple as that. Again, it's not in strife and, and in our, um, what's the word? It's not us becoming more strident. This is not about pointing fingers at evil and screaming at it. Sadly, some Christians do that. But God's way is to simply say, no, we will rise and build. And God will overflow from within us now, not just rush on us, he's in us. He will overflow victoriously when we commit ourselves to his plan to rise and build and see God prosper. It's the power of love coming mightily from us, coming mightily through us that shines light into darkness. It's what Jane was seeing when she said, you've each got light, you look transparent. That's not just for when we gather on a Sunday morning to feel, oh, wasn't that good? It's actually to see transformation Sunday afternoon through Saturday evening everywhere we go in whatever we do. It's the power of love that shines light into the darkness and that clearly draws a line between what God has promised and the ungodly world around us. So, next week, we're going to unpack the fact that there's a place for everyone to do their part. So we're going to look at building liberty 
thought that was an appropriate title for July 4th weekend. But we're going to look at each of us doing our part in the building next week. But for this week, I want us to accept that call to transform, to trust God for favor, like we lifted up our callings just now. But I want us to end by asking Holy Spirit to empower us to prosper and to be victorious. We're going to say together, we will arise and build. God will prosper us. Can we do that? So let's stand up. And uh, I think I'm going to ask Jane and Chuck to come and, and do uh, God of this city chorus at least in a moment when we've prayed, please. Because I'd like to just simply lay hands on each one and agree with you that God will prosper us. But let's say this together. We will arise and build. God will prosper us. Can we do that? So together. We will arise and build. God will prosper us. Let's say it one more time. We will arise and build, and God will prosper us. Amen. If you can lead us in the chorus at least, and I want to just go around and agree with each one, God will do that. You're the God of this city. You're the Lord of this nation, you are, you're the light in this darkness, you're the hope to the hopeless, you're the peace to the restless, you are, there is no
grace for you and love for you in this city. Greater things, greater things have yet to come, and greater things are still to be done in this city. And that power, that the prayers, the intent to serve God, the what they built, it's in us too, that inheritance, and that we can stand on that foundation. Thank you, Nancy. We agree. I don't normally do this, but um, I've been hearing a lot and heard this morning about the fact that a lot of us are walking around with like a Gideon mindset. We're in that dark place. We're still dealing and mulling over a lot of these things that we are not. 
that God does not see when he sees us. He does not see our fear. He does not see our anxiety. He does not see all of these feelings, all these things that lie to us. In fact, like Nancy was saying, we have been empowered through him, through the spirit of God alive within us to walk in our destiny. We can look at our feelings and look at our history, or we can look forward and look into our destiny and who God's called us to be and what he's called us to do in the earth. So I encourage us to break up with the Gideon mindset and take on the mind of Christ and to live in and through him in the earth. May his kingdom come, may his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So, Father, we agree greater things are yet to come. Not just in this city, but in every one of us as well. And so, as Jennifer said, we, we renounce the Gideon mindset. We renounce every aspect of darkness in our lives. And we open ourselves up to the victorious prospering of your light in us and through us as we unite together pouring out your life to the world around us. So send us out in the power of your Holy Spirit to shine a light and bring the kingdom. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'm just reminded that, oh yeah, communion too. Yes. Two things. Where our money is is where our heart is and my heart is with God. And i did my tithe on the phone at the beginning of the meeting but if you've got a check or cash or whatever and you want to put your tithes in we'll pass the baskets around the angel Kay will minister to us as she does beautifully every week uh, and then um, as a whole family we celebrate that Jesus unites us so if you have time and you want to come to communion I'll go and prepare the elements now just come on over our time together is closed but stick around come and join in communion if you'd like to do that God bless you. We'll see you next week.